yeah, if you if you're fitter, yeah, you can focus more, you can concentrate more, don't get tired. Exactly, yeah. I think that there's so much. So when I was we was at Monster, we had a load of, um, I don't say mentor, mentor, big mentoring campaign, I guess, and you started to see a lot of the, the, the some of the sessions, the seminars we were delivered to by psychologists and stuff. Them talking about high high level or high performing CEOs. Yeah. All male. It's not sexist. It's yeah. just the nature of what it is. Yeah. Um, and all of them were like into some sort of endurance sport of some sort. Yeah. And like, oh, that's when you think about it, I mean I'm ex army anyway, so it's like I've always been naive to the fact that 16 to 25 was ridiculously fit. Like 10K yeah, times. And you just took it for granted. 31 minutes. And you feel day. amazing. Yeah. And yeah. And so when I went into my corporate career I was just like we're around people that are like flagging at half ten in the morning, having mm. coffees and that three living off thing. coffee, sugar, yeah. stimulants, and completely. all that. Completely. And then by the end of the day, having a little little break, you're like, "Well, I'm still ready to keep digesting." And you realize around the room, you're like, "Well, well these people are tired." Yeah, which is why you can achieve so much. Yeah, more. so much easier. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Founder Stories. Super excited. I've got the CEO and founder of Lifelines, Mr. Dave Hamlet. He's also a serial entrepreneur. You know, one of the reasons that I'm so excited is we will be diving into what it takes to run a successful product-based startup in the fastest growing industry there is, which is the health, fitness, and wellness industry and extracting his keys to success, what's what's making his startup grow, what's making it successful. Particularly interested in this one because we've got two angles of approach. One is that you have grown and exited a business with enough return for you to go and retire and sit on a beach in Bali pursuing your extreme sports and not going back to work. So what's made you come back and, and start a second business is the second part, which is You've got this startup. It's in a very competitive industry. But from the moment we met, which is at Performex, uh, the event, there was something really different and something really interesting about you. So I think for, for viewers and listeners, there'll be so much to take from this episode, both from if you run a startup or you're in that side of the business or you're trying to scale your business and you, you, you know, you're trying to get insight into what's the next step. How might you exit a business? What does that look like? How do you get value out of your business? And if you do, how do you then motivate yourself to start again? So thanks for joining me today, buddy. What an intro. No, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. No pressure. Legend status. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it. Let's not start easy. Let's go to the start. Okay. I've read over this morning your bio. It's super interesting. I didn't know where to start, but I thought if we go right back to the beginning, let's start with where did you grow up and how and why did that impact your choice to go into the armed forces versus the traditional route maybe of higher education and then a desk job? That is so easy. I'm not that intelligent. Um, <laughs> no, good question. So Shrewsbury, for those watching that have no idea, Birmingham, left a little bit not quite as far as wales i'm not welsh about six seven miles in difference in that um little village called hamwood mum brought me up in a little council estate terraced house um i think i was eight stone when i joined the army so it's at the end of like 16 um by that point i think i just talked about joining the army because i watched films like rambo and stuff as a kid um, I won't lie, the day I got on the station wanted to go, I didn't want to go. I was dreading it. Um, 
very, very small. Two years later, I found myself, it was really, it was pretty hard. I was really good at running, but just when the Bergen weighs pretty much as, as much as I did, <laughs> that's not even a joke looking back at it. Like I'm 90, what am I now, 94 key. Burgers and the backpack. Yeah, the backpack we used to wear. For those that don't know, right? Yeah, for those that don't know, the big, the big pack we wear that's pretty much got your life in it. What's that, 60 key? So it literally was, it used to make my arms numb. Um, How did your mum feel about you going off? Proud, yeah, yeah, little Jan. She, um, she if, you, if, if, if people that do me, just introduced to my girlfriend and we get the story of when she was a nurse in the army, bless her. Um, I think she did a bit of basic training, but yeah, she was super proud. I think back back then, what, my 40, same age as you, um, 20 years ago, I think there was a bit more stigma around or, or pride around the job, I guess. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't feel that way about the armed forces anymore. Great to have done it, but I think understanding the wider world a bit more we were just a tool yeah. um but it certainly did me well so 16 to 25 may i say i was born in shoes being made in the army a bit cheesy but it was definitely right it taught me a lot um especially the things about um i guess not giving up i enjoy being uncomfortable i found comfort in discomfort if that makes sense yeah. certainly wasn't that when i was a kid um Find a massive passion for health and fitness, which is probably why I'm now, or, or I fell into sports and sports drinks, energy drinks, and then I fell into to creating my own. Um, so yeah, but didn't do very well at school. Um, probably had quite a bit of attitude for like a skinny eight stone ginger kid. I had ginger curtains, by the way. <laughs> uh, this was at the time David Beckham had curtains as well, but he looked all right, didn't he? Um, I certainly did looking back. <laughs> I would say you can send me a picture and I'll flash it up on screen, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'll honour that. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're in the army, you're now this serial entrepreneur, but when you're in the army, were you just focused on being the best that you could be in there? Or did you have entrepreneurial dreams and ideas or anything that you, you know, a notepad where you're writing things down, I could do this when I come out, you know, how did that transition happen? Yeah, I think I did. So I was a I was in the Royal Engineers, so I was a plant operator mechanic, so I was a, a trades person. So we had to be, they call that the clever bit of the army, which the irony is ridiculous because we're not. Um, so enjoyed being a mechanic for a bit. I was a digger driver for, for, for a crude description. Um, I think by the time we got through basic, which is on and off a couple of years, I was a boy soldier. So joined at 16, nine months. We were in basic for 14 of them. Um, didn't have much time to think. I guess it was just, after that first year, two years, find somewhere that I felt at home, I guess. Yeah. Rather than feeling a bit like I wasn't sure of my purpose. And then find adventure training. So I've moved, I was the first 18-year-old or one of the first 18-year-olds to end up in Northern Ireland. So it's quite lucky that this was before the Middle East. Yeah. Not sure that's a good thing because that makes me feel pretty old. Um, and uh, you, don't, you don't look old. So thank you, mate. You're all right. I'll take that. Health and fitness. Yeah. Um, stay hydrated, anyone watching this. Um, so I guess when I was over there, I just got a lot of opportunity thrown at us. I mean, there was a time, fire strikes. So I got taught to be a fireman up in Londonderry, trying to put out a grade two Leicester building for four or five weeks. And then we're in the middle of Belfast getting petrol bombed. And at 18, I just thought it was a bit of a party. It wasn't, looking back, I didn't really understand the magnitude probably of what it was because surrounded by loads of, a lot of older 
real hardcore blokes, yeah. if want of a better description. Yeah. Um, so I think I was always focused on um, the next thing. So being good at my trade, found adventure training, um, took a, my first climbing expedition with my boss, it was in the Dolomites. Normally, for any people in the military, they'll know this, Adventure train's a bit of a jolly. Compared to the real stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a couple There's of- There's no one shooting at you. <laughs> yeah, we could too just maybe do a bit of bit of climbing, a bit of kayaking, and then just probably just get on the piss. Um, but this wasn't, this was full on. We, we drove to the Dolomites. Um, we climbed where Cliffhanger was filmed. Um, I, went, I, oh, I, I love that movie. I forgot about amazing that. Amazing movie, mate. Really yeah, good. I love that. I'm um, going to watch that again, actually. I have to be honest about this. And I've told this to most people close to me. I think it makes a good story when you reflect because I'm comfortable in my skin. We had an intro meeting where um, you you basically told the, the crew that all the, the group of people that were going climbing who you were. Hi, I'm Lance Corporal um, Hamlet. Um, I, I race motocross. I like snowboarding. I like anything dangerous, I think was like the thing I said. Like looking back, you're like, what was I doing? And then we proceeded to get in a minibus, 25 hour journey, got there. Third, third or fourth day, we're staying in tents. Walked into the the, uh, the, the cliffs or early doors, five, six in the morning. We got to the top at five in the evening and I was exhausted. Like a whole new level of uh, of adrenal exhaustion. Yeah. Um, had dinner on the side. I was just amazed. And I remember the Zonda had just come out, there's vivid things like this, we're watching and you're looking over what would normally be a ski resort in the winter yeah. and the cars are flying up and down. And then you get to the top and you realize there's no phone signal. There's 11 registered climbs. You bought my boss had been climbing, we had a South African kid between us the whole day. Yeah. And you're like, why do we get that in? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, uh, what's the book? Like, and you're going off a book, bearing in mind it's been the winter. So anything could have happened up there, frost, yeah. ruins, cliffs, things crumble. And we ended up coming to just a small gap. It was lit, it was a stride, so it's no more than a meter. It's a couple of thousand feet drop. I sat there for 30 minutes in pretty much in tears because I was so tired and thought if I slip, I'm dead. And he's looking at me going, I'm Dave Hamlet and I like anything dangerous. <laughs> Um, so it's like, it's those instances that, and then I learned to kayak. I was a kayak instructor. Went back from a trade one course or class one course. Um, and it wasn't until probably the end, so it was five or six, five years of doing this, that I kind of got to the, the top of where I could at the, that point. And I didn't really like treading water. And then I probably had, a, I've always tried to honestly look at myself and reflect um, and just thought, do I really want to be here? And that's probably when I started to look at the military and think, oh, I don't really want to be quite as institutionalized as the people that that clearly made me, yeah. but I didn't really want to end up. Yeah, you got a lot out of it, but now you were starting to realize there was there was more out there for you. Yeah, well, I thought there was. I hoped there was. Yeah. So yeah, just took the took the decision to leave. I had a two year window anyway, and I've always been weirdly enough quite strategic in well, what's what's the what's the fallback? I don't say plan B because all the entrepreneurs out there shouldn't be a plan B. It's all about plan A, but you always think, well, what if? So left and then I ended up straight back on a digger at Worcester Rugby Club for Hawk Plant. I had grading 40 mil with a bloke that had been driving the machine for 40 years, having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I was driving from Shrewsbury to Worcester every day in the morning, getting on site for like seven. And I think it was about six months. All right, but probably better money. But then just thought, what am I doing? You're just contracting. Yeah, I'm back basically, on yeah. a machine, yeah. like working just as hard. This is, yeah. There was no real logic. 
I think it was February and it was snowing or something. I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it reminded me of being cold and hungry. So and you can't see the progression, I guess, from there. Where are you going to yeah. go? None. Or, or, some people are happy with that. Like there's job security and I guess your day rate will just creep up over time. Yeah. But, but there's something more. There's yeah. a ceiling, right? Yeah. At least I could go climbing. So I could drive the machine and be sent anywhere we needed to be. And then in between it gets six, eight weeks a year of, of doing some fun stuff. So yeah. I ended up going to a job interview at a recruitment consultant. No, I thought it was a job interview. It wasn't, it was a recruitment consultant. And I literally had no idea I said we street work at all. Guide you when you came out of the army on those kind of things? No, not really. I think the process is probably something, and it's a long time ago actually, so saying that's probably a bit ridiculous. But if it's anything like it was, it was, um, I don't think it was fit for purpose. Yeah. I ended up doing a telecommunications rigors course for like eight weeks up in the peak somewhere, wasting an awful lot of money that realised it was a closed industry. And unless your dad, granddad or uncle was in the game, you're not, you're not putting job. the orange maths up for loads of money. Yeah. Um, but then again, all these things, I think, teach you stuff uh, that's good to reflect on. Um, so I ended up at the end of this conversation, should we say, saying, and I think I Googled, like, what do you do? Yeah. How, you know, anything you don't really understand, have I got the job? And this woman was like, do you realise what this is? I was like, clearly not. She's like, we're a recruitment <laughs> consultant. So I was like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, and then four, four weeks later, I found I got a job at the British Safety Council selling health and safety on a phone at a dig berth in Birmingham. And Eddie Rowley, who I know will watch this, he's got his own, he's just started his own firm now. That is the bloke who pretty much for three years used to walk from dig berth in Birmingham up to the train station with me. And I used yeah. to have a full bit of paper just with things that I was hearing. HR, what's that? P45, what's that for? Um, we still joke about it now. So you're there doing this mundane job for you I guess but your mindset is let me try and learn as much as possible I took a sponge yeah I could go for a brew whenever I wanted I could go to the toilet whenever I wanted yeah. so the irony in and and in fact I watched Stephen Bartlett talked about it on one of his clips I saw yesterday he's like one of the best things he did was work in a call centre I'd 100% agree I'm less about being persistent because I wasn't coursing a beacon persistent the military taught me to not give up yeah but it was the constantly trying to reevaluate your approach oh god what next how do i keep developing and if you can sell on a phone you can sell anywhere yeah. um and it taught me that so there was four of us um all the boys are pretty doing well one of them's at costa as a commercial manager it's quite funny we were all at digbirth the other likes got his own firm so you're in a team together yeah on the phone. yeah we used to argue like girls um but yeah it was, it was i mean we look back and it's probably why we're all pretty good or, or have a very solid foundation in sales it's because we were there so I think it was eight, 80 calls a day. Wow. <laughs> um, but at the time I was building a PT business. So I'd write my statuses right, okay. in the morning on the way yep. on the train. I'd nip to the toilet, pretend to go to the toilet and just sit on the toilet and post everything. Yeah. And then come back and then go in the afternoon, post another one and try and get my boot camp full for the evenings. Another two hour train ride home, same thing, create content. Um, this was before scheduling tools and stuff existed. Yeah. But again, I just saw benefit outside of what I was doing. So it was just creating a gap for me to try and create another revenue stream. Well, there's two things there. One is you're willing to work extremely hard. Most people, I was listening to something this morning. It was actually an interview with Chris Williamson uh, and Bumstead. Yeah, see ya. Talking about, you know, the successful people are basically willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do over a really long-term period. 
So most people aren't willing to go to work from nine to five and in their breaks, not have a break, but be creating online content again, which is probably 10 years ahead of its time because content has only really gone crazy in the last two or three years and you're doing it 10 years ago. And then do the delivery of actually training people outside of those hours as well, consistently over a long time period. Five years. Most people might talk about it, but they wouldn't be willing to do that. No, agreed. I mean, yeah, that make it sound big-headed, I guess, because that's never, but I'd agree, yeah, consistency over long periods of time. I mean, that consistency beats talent every time. So you've got to ask yourself, if you're a business owner, what are the hardest things, the things that I really dislike doing? Get stuck into them. Yeah, and do them every single day. Yeah. And sales is a key skill, I would say that too. Like, one of the reasons I think Growth Act has been so successful at the moment, all of the sales conversion is done on a Zoom call by me yeah. or my business partner, Yasser. So we understand the service and the product, yeah. but we're both, we have totally different styles of selling. Yeah. But I think we're both really good at sales. And I think there's probably another t- undertone there. Is, is, and this is where I think sales has come, has evolved through the use of social media. We're so lazy. We want value, entertainment, or to gain something, which is yeah. another form of value immediately. Yeah. And I think with doing that, people are then becoming more aware of being able to see when people are authentic and credible. Yeah. So I think the fact as a business owner that we probably have to kind of do that more and more and more yeah. because because people can see, I mean, I've watched just since we first met, mate, and I can see yeah. the passions there completely. Yeah, and if you're just making content because you're trying to generate leads, straight away yeah yeah you have to genuinely believe that your product or service helps yeah your ideal client yeah and you believe in it yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. okay so you are working at the call center you're starting uh, the pt business on the side where do you go from there yeah but well i used to do boot camps before so i take quite pride in this when boot camps i used to put my green kit on and do it in boots Really? Yeah. I was a proper boot camp. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Civvies at the time. And you've got that. credibility and authenticity because you were in the army for nine years, 10 years. Yeah. And if you think at the time, mate, that group session stuff wasn't really a big thing. Boot camps really weren't. I remember a local PT at the time trying to compete with me yeah. and he couldn't, he couldn't get why, probably getting the same cut through. And it was the fact that you're trying to call yourself a boot camp and competing yeah. with someone that's, if people look, has come from a military environment where at the time the reason you go to a boot camp was for the boot camp experience from yeah. someone that's been in the army. Yeah. Now I think it's evolved because the principles you can deliver and is anyone really bothered anymore? No, so it's evolved. Um, but if I'm honest, that five years I did that and my partner at the time was amazing. I used to literally work the day job and I ended up then progressing. Um, Gatorade ended up in Monson with his in a bit, but... I was getting up five in the morning to get to London mm. as I evolved into account management and stuff to get my day ahead. So yeah. I'd get back in the gym for six. And this is, I was always starting my career in a very big corporate yeah. to then teach for 10 at night. Did that for five years. Wow. I got myself in a bit of debt yeah. <laughs> and this isn't widely known. So this is a bit of a, a first. Um, I was trying to chase a motocross career. So I'd buy motorbikes on credit cards. Was so, that your biggest passion at that time outside oh, of? Yeah. The, the two, two jobs. Yes, yeah, so brother and sister. Sister's two times British champ. She was oh, she? in the world. Oh, she's quick. Oh, wow. She's the reason I retired. She overtook me at British champ. What's she her was. name? Gabrielle Hamlet. And then Charlie Hamlet, my little brother. Not so little now. But, but who got you into 
riding bikes. So when I, when I met, met my dad, I was a bit older just before the army. I had a real, I think as a kid, I had this weird passion, but it's an expensive sport, right? So. Yeah, when I grew up, my best friend at the time, Martin, who I now believe lives in Australia. We lost touch, but when we, I grew up in Devon and he used to go out riding every weekend and not from an affluent background. So he'd bought his bike secondhand yeah. and be at a Honda, something, something. His dad would work on it with him all the time because that's what he had to do. Yeah. He got the van, but ultimately over the long term, he had to give it up because it wow. just became too expensive and too much to, to, to keep doing. Complete money pit. But I had the passion for it. Yeah. And I think the whole sport, I mean, if you look into it and like any other sport, there's just no money. It's the group of people in a muddy field on a weekend. just all But just it's for the love of it, right? Oh, completely. I'm you know. thinking about taking my kids to a go-karting track next year because Jackson will be eight, Caleb will be nine. So they're allowed then on the, the sort of full speed outdoor tracks. But I'm kind of already thinking, do I want to do this? Because I took Jackson to my mentor's house. He went on one of these simulators. Yeah. He posted some really good times. And my mentor said to me quietly, not in front of him, he's got a natural ability. You need to get him in a cart. Get him in a cart. And I'm just thinking, I don't want to get him in a cart. <laughs> These carts are like a hundred grand. <laughs> and he's a very successful businessman. So he's got two or three carts that he just keeps at his house. And then yeah. when his kids wanted to go, he would. There you go. There you yeah. go. So, we yeah, anyway. Growth, growth plans support the cart and career. <laughs> yeah, some sort of business model. I'll get him on YouTube, building up a YouTube channel. Mate, that would be, well, if he's good as well, it'd be easy. But I think any motorsport paddock is the same. Um, so once I quit, bought a super bike, a friend of mine did British super bike, ended up doing some, some um, track days, but it's just the same. I think there's such a, um, just a good vibe there. But I mean, if you if you think when we started riding, I was buying them on credit cards. We're talking two and a half grand, three grand. Yeah. Bike now is nearly ten. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I I had a. But I think it was ridiculous. I made twenty six grand's worth of. And what of stopped death. you in your mo motocross career? Just that I was never going to be. I was an expert. I could win the experts and stuff. I could pop to the occasional British round and maybe squeeze inside the top. 15 top 12 if it was all right but i was getting old i mean one of the best things was i was just extremely fit yeah. i'd start my post my quickest times at the end of 20 minutes and then you just look back because i've been in the, doing this since i was 16 you know 10k time at the time was like 31 minutes something ridiculous i can't do like a 3k now in, wow. in 31 minutes wow your 10k time was 31 like minutes 30, what, 31 20 something like that that is ridiculous. But if you look back, I was I was eight stone, just under eight stone. But so, so from a motocross perspective, I'm just interested in this. You identified that you could get to 90%, but you just didn't have that extra 10% of whatever it is, natural ability to get right up there. So yeah, you knocked yeah. it on the head. And I just ran out of money. I, do you know, even that, so some of this- So is, if you're winning, you would have been winning prize money, right? Presumably. No, no, no you don't. More, you, you don't need to get to that. No, I mean, it's an, even at the top level, at the British level, like yeah. there's only probably the top half of the pros are getting paid. This is the- So you need a sponsorship is, or you need an online yeah. content yeah. machine Which or something like that. Which didn't exist at the time. You think we're probably taking photos of Nokia 8210s back then. <laughs> <laughs> like Tetris, not a photo. So what did your siblings do? Your sister, she's getting sponsored then. Yeah, they both were. And my, my dad, to be fair to him, has just like molded his entire life around going. Yeah, yeah. I have complete admiration for that. And then my stepmom did the same. Um, that was their life for a long, long time. <clears throat> um, what was this? So yeah, well, my sister's probably tw late 20s, brothers, 
just sort of um, early twenties now. So there's yeah. a big there's a big age gap. They're half brother and sister, but um, just and they started when they were like four and five. Yeah. Whereas starting when you're eighteen, yeah, yeah. body doesn't move quite. The yeah, same. yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent. I see some of these kids because I love mountain biking. I see some of these little kids on the reels, four or five years flying. old, full face helmet, full suspension, yeah, flying, doing three sixties, all sorts. They got no fear because the dads just took them out when they were two or three years old and just Ingrained. chucked them down the mountain. Yeah, and they move better. They develop it's a, it's strength like walking, in the right place. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. So you've you've built up there. You've got the PT business. You've got the job. You've decided that motocross isn't going to be the one in terms of a career. What happens next? Oh, so I, the day I left the ar army at 25, I would set myself, I've got quite, into, quite a passion at the time for psychology and I obviously started to try and understand people that were in business because it did become a, uh, an interest. Yeah. I want to be, I want, want, want to be, well, I set these three goals, either earn a hundred grand in one year in the next 10 years. Because yeah. even if I messed that up and it was a fluke, you'd still settle at maybe 60% of where that was and it's yeah. still double the average national wage where I live in Shrewsbury, which is 26 grand, or uh, be a director, or the big word CEO, which is so ironic, isn't it? It's not until we reflect that we feel gratitude and where we've got to, instead of feeling grateful and that we're not where we want to be now, yeah. um, or be the director of a someone else's business, a big business. Um, so with that, I've got this career that started to take off a little bit, I guess, from telesales, Got a job at Gatorade working for Brit Vic and then kind of run into the time when I got headhunted for for Monster, which was one interview, casual as hell, with my boss at the time or good friend now. So this is all because though, to me, instead of going into a job and saying, well, let me just tick the minimum boxes, you've said, how can I be the absolute best at this sales job? Yeah. And then people do end up recognizing performance and you do end up progressing. So you've gone from what is or could have been a, a dead end kind of telesales job to progress and progress and progress to be presumably quite senior in a sales role at Monster. Have you ever seen the reel? I know, sorry, oh, I just well, before I forget about this, there was a reel this week that I looked at or a TikTok of someone making popcorn and they put, whatever you do, just be the best or aim to be the best in the world at it. And he like perfected <laughs> this skill of taking popcorn out of one, flipping it over his head, catching the box, perfectly aligning the popcorn, serving it, making it basically like an art form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas someone else, you go to the cinema, would have a negative look on their face because they're like, I'm in a dead end job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all Rather you need- Make the most of it. Make the most of it. Yeah, that yeah. popcorn guy, at some point, a person will come in who's got their own business and say, do you know what? Your attitude is amazing. Yeah. I want you to come and work with me. In a word, here's the other really sad, I think this is a quite a, it's a positive thing i see for myself and i had this chat with another entrepreneur only last week um but quite a sad thing when you think about the current state of the world um you mentioned chris before watch kind of him jordan peterson all these guys that are very good at understanding the world we live in and behavior and psychology from a positive perspective yeah. not an overly negative masculine one and when you realize i just realized all i've got to do is just try my best like yeah. i'm not exactly very talented i've got no gcse's I'm a little bit dyslexic. You know, my whole partner used to write like notes when I was trying to write emails, bless you, she put it on the screen of my computer about no and no and there and there. She's like, you yeah, know, whatever you're doing, this is back in the day when she was right. Now, yeah. I'll just write, I'm gonna write the email, I'll just half write the word and the computer tells me. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I believe all I've ever done is just tried to do everything with passion, energy, and, and enjoy it, I guess. And by doing that, you stand out against people that probably, f that you feel the same as you're just choosing to attack the day a bit differently. Yeah, 100%. Shout out to my nephew, Aaron, I believe it was, the twins, Aaron and Amon. I believe it was Aaron who said it. I was moaning one day about the stupidity of some people. I don't know what it was, you know, someone with a bad attitude serving me in a restaurant or whatever. Yeah. And he just turned around and said, he was only about 16, 17 at the time, wise kid, turned around and said, listen, you want people to be like that because it just makes it easier for you and me to be successful. So, so true. So, so true. So like you can flip anything, can't you? Yeah. Like the way you look at it, I mean, you can spin it positive or negative. Of course you can. And, you know, you get, I get into debates regularly with people because I enjoy a topic now of talking about business, bettering yourself, enjoying listening to other people's experiences because it's the easiest way to learn. Yeah. I was probably, in fact, I've got a friend at the moment who's an insurance broker, shout out to Ben Lawrence. When he first met me, he thought I was weird as hell. I couldn't <laughs> understand why. I'd be like, what do you do? How much do you earn? I'd be like, be on a lad stag doing stuff. And I'd be like, <laughs> How far do you cycle? Do you cycle? I've heard you do this. Yeah, how big is It's just been weird. <laughs> and it was all from a place where I was like, I just didn't know anything. Yeah. So I was just, and then I had no... Again, like a sponge going back to the... Yeah, but like a like a, a rhino charging around, being a sponge, because I had no... Because um, straight out of the military from 16 to 25, there's no... Had no... I don't know what... But I've been, I haven't been polished. Yeah. Everything's quite abrupt. Like no one in the army cares how you ask him. This is the way we... Bit like the rugby pitch. Yeah, you've learned to be direct, which again, actually from the army is probably translated into an ability from a sales perspective, but also not caring, going up to people yeah. who other people would be too scared to, to talk to and yeah, asking massive. them what are their keys to success. Yeah. Trying to learn from them. Or then if you spin that on his head, the confidence to want to do it or the interest, because it's a general interest for me. It's, I love talking to people and understand it. Yeah. But over time, you just think I'm still doing the same thing as I was, whether it just went, what do you do? Yeah, I big choice. How much do you earn? Yeah. Going, you can't ask that. And now it's like I've just finessed it. I just re-engineer the conversation to end yeah, up getting you can the same learn something from everyone, can't you? I, I think it's the best way. And I think your circle. I went. I mentioned this on a on a podcast we did previously. I went straight into this whole. Let's be super efficient. Let's be totally remote. Let's. If I'm not working, spend all the time I can with my family. Yeah. And then I had no relationships for myself. My friends that I used to be friends with, I'm not necessarily, or I don't necessarily have a lot in common with them anymore because yeah. they're working or they're materialistic or whatever it might be. That. Yeah. Now through doing the podcast, like we said, we'll connect on this podcast, but then let's open up a WhatsApp thread and let's just stay in touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You start to then put effort into those relationships move around and communicate with people who are on a level with you and you learn from each other. Do you know what's nice as well? And I'm always, someone that didn't do very well, I got a D in English and a C in French. I can't speak French, right? The school system's knackered. Um, but when you took, use the word effort, I would say like, I've certainly done the same. I've got a couple of best friends that would just, I feel very distant. And then you reflect, you say, actually, it's not that bad. Yeah. In a world where we're influenced so easily by our devices, it's, of course, it's going to happen that we all change at a ridiculously fast pace. Mm. So I feel that the people, and they talk about that cliche term, you're a sum of your environment. That's That word effort becomes into enjoy, I think, personally. Mm. Finding like-minded people yeah. that I enjoy being able to just literally send. Shout out to Steve Orton, 
constantly chatting to business. So uh, yeah, we sat same. at the table at Perform and we, we first started chatting. He even said he said you were going to get on. Yeah. Um, he's introduced again to some of his circle lately where we just have it. And you've never met a couple of these guys. Yeah. One sent me a picture of his supplements. And if he sees this, he knows who he is. Um, you know, we're then having some banter about that. I'm like, well, it's quite funny. If I, I did that to probably some of my oldest friends that are yeah. determined, they'd just be bored by it. You know, they're yeah, interested yeah. differently. They've probably got families. They're not into health and fitness. So yeah. Yeah, it's good to maintain those relationships, I think, and still be there Yeah, for me, for those people, because they were there for you. But like you said, recognize that you're going to have most, if you're a person that loves to learn, is into self-development, is an entrepreneur, you're going to enjoy spending most of your time with people that are like that. Uh, completely. And um, <clears throat> if I could think of, there's a statement I read, or I watched Chris on his one of his latest reels that talks about an atonement for success is fundamentally feeling quite alone. Yeah. Essentially like the higher up or the more successful, and that's such a broad term to use. because you have to change your circle, don't you? You yeah. have to change your circle as you progress. Yeah, because where do you get like, the, a good, I, I love an interesting conversation that's meaningful. Yeah. You know, I've got to play football in the week and the lads group's pretty cool. I don't find it as interesting with some of the stuff that gets posted in the lads football group as you'd imagine as yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's ironic when I reflect and go, when did that happen? I'm not really sure. Happily sit there and listen to someone's success. Things inspire me still, like other people um, doing well. And I think how different would the world be if everyone just adjusted that? Because all I see if someone fundamentally or if I can see a glimpse of what you would term as jealousy it just makes you feel a little bit sorry for the person because yeah, I remember being the jealous person yeah and that's what I was going <laughs> to say there's two schools of people so my wife's got friends that she's had from school yeah and they're unbelievable even with me and they're not I'm not really their friend just by default that I married <laughs> although I consider them my friends here if they're listening to this they are genuinely interested in what I get up to. Yeah. Genuinely interested in the biz business, like my posts, do all of that stuff. But they work in employment. They're not entrepreneurs. Yeah. They just are the kind of people that are happy for you to have success. Yeah. They yeah. come round to your house, say, wow, this is a beautiful house. You guys have done so well. Whereas you'll get other people, you know, some of the kids that go to school with Caleb and Jackson, their parents you'll see them once they'll be nice on the surface and then they don't want to hang out with you again yeah, yeah, yeah. you invite them around to your house they never invite you back and that's because of it's not necessarily jealousy it's either jealousy or it's a feeling of it makes them there's a feeling of inequality from them yeah. to you they don't Trigger want to hang out sense with you of discomfort they yeah. have with where they are they don't want to hang out with you when you're going out to a dinner and you're saying no i'm not going to drink alcohol because i'm off for 90 days or yeah, yeah i've yeah. got a meeting in the morning or or they're having to come around to your house which, and this does happen, people won't want to come around to our house and hang out because yeah, yeah. it makes that, and they don't want to invite you to their house yeah. because they feel bad about the fact that their house is a tenth of the size of your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, what they don't realize is, I don't give a shit about yeah, that. Yeah, it does not matter. It's about the human relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't stop people from being like that. I guess it's just you get them in two schools. I think you can't, but I probably become, and this is where I've definitely felt like people close to me going, why are you so bothered? Because if we all just didn't try and have open conversations, and I always think I can definitely relate and I can talk to someone with, because I was up until 25 an absolute idiot. <laughs> like there's people that would know me younger, I wouldn't talk to posh people. Mm. I just thought they're posh. Yeah. Would you not dig a driver? Like, you know, his dad's done really well. Oh, he's, he's an idiot then. 
much more colourful language than common. Yeah. She's got a podcast. And then I just, an old friend went to jail. And literally, I've got a letter that he wrote and it literally just stopped me in my tracks. It was like, what am I doing? So I under, I've literally been that person mm. that I saw everything because I, I felt jealous of it. Yeah. And all I started to do was just talk to people instead of judging but th those that spoke differently to me. Yeah. Like one of my best men at my wedding is the most obnoxious idiot. And you know who you are, Mike. <laughs> and I love him. He's like, but a lot of people misinterpret him. But he yeah. just stays in his lane. He's literally one of the kindest blokes I've ever met. If I was yeah. stuck anywhere in the world, he'd probably come and get me. Um, yeah, you've got to get to know people properly. And whether... I like... I think it just takes time, though. I'm 40 now, so... Don't look I, at me. I, I don't look down on people, Botox. I don't look down on people. I don't look down on people that are, you know below me in terms of income or, or, mm. or perceived success or up on people that are ahead of me. You can learn from speaking to your postman. Actually, I spoke to the postman. He gave me some great advice on my knee rehab and some bits we talked about with dogs because he loves dogs, you know, like, anyway, I just think the attitude that hopefully our listeners and viewers have is one of openness and yeah, massive, kindness yeah. to other people. Yeah. And that you can learn something from everyone. Right. Yeah, completely. And it and there's it um oh I can't think of the word. We did some stuff when I was at Monster as a um a mentoring program and it talked about uh, so it, it moved on from Colours Insights, Myers Briggs, um, and it talked about um profiling human behaviour and characterising it. And there's kind of the four colours, red, green, blue, yellow. So on a really crude example, like red's objective orientated or aggressive and bossy. Yeah. Uh, blue, you know, I'm being very stereotypical with this to get the point over probably female caring nurse. Yeah. It's just like kind, soft, then you use that and you move it another way. Green, be your uh, finance, you yeah. potentially like, um, and then yellow's empathetic. Okay. So you put them out of four points. Um, and it's the whole basis of this was, um, if you told, if you give, if I give you a spade and a shovel yeah, and told you to take the edge of the grass off yeah. and move a load of stone, it'd be interesting to see how you use the spade and the shovel. They'll both do the job, yeah. but you try cutting the edge of a grass, just clean it up with a shovel. It'll make a mess. Yeah. It'll still do it. If you try moving a load of gravel with a spade. It'll do it, but it'll take you ages. Yeah. And it's the nuance of understanding. They do the same job, but one's going to get you a better outcome than the other. So the minute you can start to understand how others generally think. So yeah. I think we're quite alike. So our directness uh, and the, the approach we take is quite honest, will not offend. You say someone who's probably a little bit blue and yellow, who's very caring, empathetic, they might see our aggressive nature, our direct nature, sorry, as aggression. Yeah. Already you've lost them. You're not gonna, they're not Yeah, gonna. so the takeaway there is, that's really important actually. And I know we digress, but I love that about this podcast. I'll have a list of questions and we never end up <laughs> answering any of them. Um, Tony Robbins offers this thing for free called disc profiling on his website. He's big into it as well and teaches that business Tony. mastery, yeah. And it's obviously a similar thing. If you wanna be successful, everything in business is about relationships, right? right? With your clients, with your prospects, with your team. Yeah. And if you use, your system that you're speaking of or the disc profiling, yeah. you can look that up online before you engage with someone. Yeah. You understand how to 
not be a different person, but yeah. modify your communication style. And that's the key. To get through to them. Yeah. And then think about what that's doing. You're paying attention to someone. Yeah. You're, you're understanding someone from the position of them first. Yeah. Everyone loves to talk about themselves. Everyone loves to be listened to. The minute you do that, then all of a sudden they're going to pay the same back. Yeah. And I think when you can learn to do that, and that was the change for me, went from being the persecuted sit on my pissy potty thinking oh I didn't have the life that person's had yeah it was so easy to change it with what you talked about earlier I just changed the way I thought yeah and I've been shown that numerous times religiously through that career in the army mm. um and that's all that I brought into into my life I suppose as a, as a oh I hate the word entrepreneur <laughs> um was it vision we came up with the other day you know when you look for new terms to try and take yourself out of a box so yeah um where did we where what was the real question was back to i suppose that well you're at monster now and you're just progressing and we know why you're progressing because you're working hard you're doing trying to work out how you can stand out from the crowd always constantly learning and developing to be better in the role loads of tattoos help yeah standing out. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get onto that but i do want to get some more tattoos so you progress through at monster to quite a senior role how did you transition from working at Monster to setting up your first business, which I know you <coughs> managed to grow to a significant turnover and you exited that business for an amount which most people could retire on and not have to work after that. How did you transition from working to running your own business? Or did you do the two at the same time? Oh, I did the two at the same time. And, okay. Monster. and just don't tell Monster about it. I nearly it. got sacked. <laughs> right, okay. This is another exclusive. So this goes back to your working hard. I've got an idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing lot. to work evenings and weekends on my own idea. Oh, this was a willingness to a risk job. losing a corp. So I was commercial director at Monster Energy. I got, was there for five years as a channel manager out of home, which I loved. The whole, like the monster business, I cannot tell you from the outside in, it's as successful as it is because of the leadership team that exists globally. Like they're yeah. just genius people. But and it's as, unreal how successful that oh, company is, right? Since seven years, it went from being a challenger brand to like it's overtaking Red Bull. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put, is it bigger than Red Bull now? Yeah. yeah and the Even States, with the F1 team of Red Bull and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a monster. It's, I mean, in the It's States, interesting because Red Bull have the F1 team, but Lewis Hamilton is with Monster, right? Yeah. So they won't do teams. Everywhere. Yeah. They just do individuals. Yeah. So look at Valentino Rossi. When they did him and they did a swap, so we were just there and it took about four years to, to do. So Hamilton and Rossi swapped. Uh, so have you ever seen that? No. Oh, mate. So they got, at the end of the season, was it two, no, I don't go caught times five, four or five years ago now. Maybe like that, you can find it. Rossi got it on the bike and Lewis yeah. gets in the car. Yeah. And they got a track, just the two of them. And it, it's some of the, it had been a long time in the plan. Imagine seeing that in the season, two of the greatest. And they, they're raised, I've got goosebumps now. Just oh, a massive wow. of sport and that. Um, but if you think then about what Monster is very good at, it never wanted to be part of the story. It always wanted yeah. to be part of a story. It was inclusive. Red Bull was always exclusive. It was double the size of the cat. The, the principles of any marketeers watching, you study that business and yeah. you, you can do, like I've, I've never done a marketing qualification, anything. I learned everything I know about marketing. So the marketing principles that you apply now to the businesses business. that you're running, come from those core- 100%. You could probably write a book. I mean, maybe there's one that exists. The core principles of how Monster started, grew, That's a good and one. is so successful. If anyone out there can write books and fancy writing one for me, let me know. Uh, the 10 could. reasons why Monster you, is you, an awesome company. You, you could, because the principles are just so simple. And at the time I was in my own mind, like 
I couldn't get how you could have all these SKUs. They had a, a four-pillar market implant, which still exists. Like, it's so laser-focused. You're like, yeah. how do you attract a huge consumer base, which it now has? Or yeah. they don't call them consumers, they're called fans. Yeah. Don't want consumers, they're fickle, and they're not loyal fans. You know, it's why, you know, people support, what, Division Four football teams. It's not because they're winning or the... Or the, the yeah. The, 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 I suppose it's more to do with what it means to them as a person. I think that's, that's so interesting because... If you think about it, and I think about my own struggles, if for people that are running a business, which hopefully is everyone who's listening or watching, <laughs> you don't have to reinvent the wheel. If you have a product-based business, you could pick a brand that you like, that you're a fan of, 100%. and go research. There's so many, yeah. I bet you there are so many articles that are online that do analyze the marketing strategy of Monster, 100%. the campaigns, yeah. the sponsorship of people. Yeah just how they've made it work from start to finish. And you could apply what they did, because there's no point in applying what Monster do now as a billion dollar company to your startup, but you could go back to the start of Monster, look up press releases, look yeah. up what they did and take some of the principles and apply it to your Easy. business. And, and it, this all, so this, the, the, sim, the piece of simplicity was with the business. So obviously we, for those that don't know, I say the word obvious, it's not, but they make a really, really good piece of or, or commercial decision, 2016, Coca-Cola bought in 16% of the business for 2.2 billion. Yeah. What does that do commercially? So at the time they're fighting Red Bull in, a, in an energy war for share. Yeah. You never want to imitate when there's only a couple of you in the market. You always go, right, what does that mean? So they looked at the Red Bull business and it was yeah. just, right, we're going to be everything it's not. Yeah. Because you're not going to be, this, you can't mean everything to everyone. Yeah. Um, and then focus hard on it. So then they've gone, right, distribution is an issue. Red Bull had got a centrally located factory in Europe. Distribution because the nightlife business was high. Um, the category was emerging. So how do you start convincing people that only stores with fridges to put more stuff in? What's the only thing in the world you can buy anywhere other than bottles of water? Bottle of Coke. Yeah. So partner with Coke so and you open up Coke. all the distribution channels. Globally, it was genius. Which is another genius thing to do because it doesn't matter if you've got a service business or a product business. If we were going back to year one or two and we were a growth factor, for example, yeah. we could partner up with, say, a financial advisor that specializes in our ideal client, which at the time was marketing agencies, yeah. and, and and leverage all of their relationships yeah. instantly. Mutually. And they did a... So I've there's something coming in my business at the moment. I've just done it. So we're obviously we're specialists in hunger hydration. So f for those who don't know, check Lifeline's out. Um, Functional hydration. So it would be a new subcategory of hydration. I don't think hydration's that well understood. I don't think... No, there aren't very many. I mean, let's skip forward, actually. So Lifelines is a hydration product at the moment. Yep. But I'm sure it will grow into a multi-product business, or maybe it won't. It but will. a hydration product... Uh, look, look at me. Okay, I want to focus well at work. I want to perform well... Yeah. in cardio zone two plus vo2 training yeah i want to perform well when i'm strength training yeah if i look out there there's probably only two or three products that are in hydration right now and the probably the one of the best ones you have to import that shit yeah. from america yeah 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 and like. it comes in little sachets and it's super expensive yeah it, it's, it just doesn't seem like to me a tapped in market you've got all these really 
poor quality products, in my opinion, that have gone really big, yeah. like the ones that sponsor mountain biking yeah. and those kind of yeah. jobs that you'll know of, the little yeah. caps that you drop into the water and they fizz. And yeah. all. But actually, if you look at what's in there, there's hardly anything in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is a really important category, I think. And, and a big part of what they're doing there is the effervescent tablet is limited by what it can c include. You are, one thing we've, I've made sure in the business we're building is we will not compromise quality or margin. So one of the pillars of the business is we'll be a leader in functional hydration, which is a term that you're going to start to hear more and more, hopefully led by myself, because no one else has done functional hydration. Yeah. We'll come on to why. We aim to inspire and educate. And there's a reason that's there. The re we, we, I mean, do you take your fitness very seriously? It's a passion point for you, as is for me. Yeah. We've talked about the, the niche brands that we know and love mm. now come into the fore instead of going to probably some of the large wholesalers. Yeah. As you progress into your health and I've said, we're gonna, I'll call us our fitness journey. But yeah. my business is a, a premium range of products aimed at health and well-being. Yeah. So it's for men and women who just want to live a healthier life. Yeah, it's health span and lifespan, right? That's all it is yeah. for me, because that's probably what's become important. Like it is for you, we talked about this before. About yeah, when you hit 40, it's like, <laughs> okay, I want to look good. Yep. I want to, I actually spoke about this recently because I decided not to do a bodybuilding competition because I dieted down to about nine or 10% body fat. And I get really angry when I'm yeah, hungry yeah. and I don't want to be that person <laughs> around my kids or my wife because <laughs> my priorities are keep my business growing be yeah. there for my work team yeah. and be the best father and husband I can be yeah and so a priority of stepping on a stage although it would be amazing you sacrifice a lot that has to come below that so I decided through the testing phase I'm not going to do that so what are my goals now and I sent a voice note to my good friend Ben Holden who then messaged me back and said you know from what I know of you your goals should be around aesthetic, performance, and health. Yeah. You decide at any given stage in your life what the balance is. Yeah, yeah. And they just but for aesthetic, slowly. performance, and health, all of those would benefit from proper nutrition, proper right. hydration. Yes, yes, everything. Yes, yes. And one one, let's think about. I mean, I don't even really take protein anymore. From PT, and you think of you've got three topics of conversation with the individual you're trying to train, sleep. It's pointless because everyone's moans about how busy they are when you're there with like loads of commitments. It's yeah, you don't have a wearable on, do you actually? You don't, or does that track your sleep? Yeah, yeah, this does, yeah. And the stages, yeah. HRV. Oh, does it? A lot, yeah. So there's like, I'm addicted to it at the moment. Okay. In a really positive manner as well. It's shifting. So that's like an equivalent to a Whoop, but it's also got all of your running and yeah, your it's other not things. The Whoop technology is like just, it's come on. This is a Phoenix 6, I think. So this okay. is a couple of versions behind. Yeah. But yeah, I run on it. I track everything. Just, just more of the, to understand probably at some days is the way I'm feeling due to what's happened. Yeah. But that could be sleep orientated or food. They're both pointless topics in an hour with someone that's not really that interested in doing it. But hydration always was. Yeah. And one of the fascinating things I always used to get, oh, if I drink that much, I'm going to be going to the toilet more. Yeah. But you won't have a headache. Like you'll probably sleep better. You're going to digest food better. Your skin will be really good. Your mm. hair will grow better. Um, the main the benefits, I think, we're becoming more and more obvious. But out of those three, it suddenly it becomes a real important foundation to what we do. Yeah. Um, so I think the COVID time has refocused everyone's attention, or we need to be more, or we need to look at our health and well-being a bit more. Yeah. Um, How does the product uh, help you hydrate more than just drinking water? So and they get it. 
Great, great conversation. So I've just done a football Just because I'm genuinely interested. I mean, I take I mean, it because my coach tells me to take it, but I don't really understand what's the optimum ratio of the electrolytes. Uh, how does that help you? How often should you drink it? This kind of thing, you know? And you put that, so this, I've just pitched that we just delivered a session um, at the Football Coaches Conference. So it's a 400 FA coach at the Town Club. Um, with Mike Phelan there, Gary Monk. So those oh, wow. are play football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got we've been asked to go and part. What with football it. team do you support, by the way? I don't really. Mate. Okay. Um, you could be an Aston Villa fan. I'm today. a Villa fan. Yeah. I'm in the right location. <laughs> um, I play once a week, but I don't really follow it. But I think what shocked me is the lack of awareness. And you just led with probably the best question, which is why this brand's about some education as well. So what is hydration? Well, it's it's multifaceted. It's about water. You need it, but you yeah. Can, too much. There's a hypoglycemia. That's probably not how it's said, but have we a get Google. the idea. Yeah, you can kill yourself. Yeah, um, it's the mix of hydration of water. Okay, so it's really important, actually, like with creatine, that people read the label. Yeah, right? massive. Yeah, because you can kill yourself with creatine as well, yeah. which someone did, I think. Yeah, I by taking like a hundred grams of creatine in one go instead of five, because it's become a hot topic. Of, I mean, it's useful, but you can. I mean, the fact you can kill yourself by take drinking too much water. And I think it, it's probably going to become more of a concern as the topic becomes yeah. more prevalent, but it's the mixture of that and electrolytes. So keeping it simple, I think it's five, six, but we're talking about four. Sodium, potassium, magnesium. There's one more. And you put other things in there as well. So we've gone over and above. So for me, I was like, right. And this is really, this is the truth. So nearly four, you're thinking, wake up quite tired, training quite hard, still trying to train twice a day. What do I, what do I take? So I was taking electrolytes, I was taking a Barocca. Everyone had, had more, more. Calcium. Calcium, that was the other one. Thank you. Good shout. <laughs> it's like I'll when you've got again. three cameras yeah, <laughs> staring at <laughs> you with the red lights and calcium, the microphones. magnesium, sodium, yeah. potassium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was taking an electrolyte mix with Barocca, which essentially um, uh, a multivitamin and then some other bits so adaptogens so ashwagandha is very prevalent at the moment yeah I was using to use rhodiola rosa it's like a, a, a another member of that adaptogen family for want of a crude description I think the nuances between them from what I've learned and what we do is um, rhodiola offers you a bit more um, more focus clarity of thought better decision making so from a product that I designed with myself in mind of wanting to stay hydrated optimally what else can we get in there? It's got to be great tasting. Yeah. Rather than taking all these pills and tablets in the morning, if I could put yeah. in one drink, 500 ml, what would it look like? So we started- As soon as you wake up. As right? soon as yeah. you wake up, because hydration protocols start then. Which is exactly what Andrew Huberman says, but he's made it more accessible for people. Yeah. Wake up, have water, put a bit of Himalayan pink salt in it. Yeah. But obviously he knows that's not as optimal as taking a hydration product, yeah. but- But then it probably is an optimal hydration product, but then with we have to think- with hydration so you probably you do tick with 500 ml or more of water yeah um in fact the water content could it depends on you again so the variables for that is how hot is it um what have you done the day before yeah um you know, are you a big sweater you know as well as i do the more muscle mass you carry the fitter you get the more you sweat it's a really good sign that you're in good shape Efficient heat energy transfer that's system. Exactly that's what I tell it. people I've got when they say you're a sweaty I'm mess. stealing that because people yeah. ask me and I'm like, that's probably the best description I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> stolen. Um, but that's it. And I think there's all these things that run into it. So, you know, how much dehydrated are you? And people, I taught this the other day, 
you know what's really easy to look at is you can see the the urine chart. Yeah. So we're going to start to make them as a brand. I mean, okay. They're really easy. You know, we all get up in the morning straight to the toilets. Have a quick look. Yeah, you don't look, pee on something. You can no, just look at the color just look of your at the toilet, right? Pee, right? If it looks like syrup or a pint of lager, you're in a really, really terrible yeah. place. Let's get some pints down, yeah? Um, but I suppose over and above the electrolytes, which provide um, the very, very, really, the really good place, sort of, you know, the sodium from salt. Um, the interesting thing when you think about where these was potassium, um, you can get that from... Bananas, yeah. yeah. When we were younger, get, given bananas, oranges, vitamin C. Yeah. These are all in fruits and stuff. When you played football. Yeah, my football kids, I brought oranges for them. Uh, I coached under nines, what seven aside. They like, what are you doing? Uh, after the fact that I'd given them jelly babies all season, and then I decided <laughs> yeah. to try and be healthy on the <laughs> advice of one of the mums, and they refused to eat them and said, where's the jelly where's babies? The jelly so babies? yeah, back to, back to jelly babies. The irony is, so... When hydration becomes important, when we've got a young generation of kids that can rely on sweets, which in, in isolation, they're not bad. In, yeah. in huge amounts, obviously bad. Um, if we can start to do it, and I'm, we're, I'm quite glad with the prime epidemic, it shone a light on the hydration category in a really poor fashion. But I think it switched people's thinking. Yeah. If I can now, and we're a credible business, we're two years in, you know, we had a, a solid first year that we have done, I think like to say properly, where we had a... Our first run, we've sold out, but we got to test what sampled 4,000 people, do 20 events, driving around in the Lifelines van. The hydration stations we call, uh, we know it has efficacious benefit. We know it's got a massive point of difference. Um, I've used it across multi-disciplines of sport. Now, the idea of our brand is we're a health and wellbeing product for men and women that just want to live a healthier life. We've anchored ourselves in things like outdoor pursuits, team sports, functional fitness. That's important to me. We don't want to be yeah. seen as any of these extremes yeah. because I want to make this success. It's multi-use, right? But in the question of what's the difference between water and hydration product, presumably there are numerous peer-reviewed studies that show you will hydrate your body more effectively with a hydration product than just drinking water. Massively, yeah, because you need the electrolytes. And you're not getting that through straight water. the evolution of our diet now. No. And that's the other thing. Um, you know, you do see a lot of people, and we might both see this because of the interest we have on social media and the algorithms are built to show us more. Yeah. We all probably have to do a very good balanced diet. That one changes. I do love a Mackey's, but yeah. um, I think the majority of people don't. So it's the mix of uh, of water with electrolytes. Yeah. But then I've gone and added some extra things because like anything I've done, I think we do. People who are watching, if you've got your business, you think, well, if I can do a bit more. How do you make it different? If I can drive value. So this is where the functional hydration comes in. So we've thrown D-ribose in there. Okay. Really good. Um, again, forgive me if we've got any scientists or biologists or stuff watching this, but a crude description of D-ribose. But you're not a nutritionist, right? You're the visionary and you've partnered with very yeah. highly qualified nutritionists to come up with the yeah. blend, right? In fact, one of the leading independent brands, he's the good friend of mine he helped me put the panel together so yeah. i had a vision of what we wanted to deliver exactly what you just said with the view that i just wanted to take all these things i was taking yeah and just put it in it in, in one good drink but you need to know what's the ratio and that's you what we've the, done the quality from how do you test it all yeah these things so things like the vitamin c quantity is directly linked to making sure you're 500 mil serving yeah. there's anything less like this and rich could do a much better job of describing some of this but there's there's some really good science to, to the way it's been put together but the dy boast piece pretty much is a precursor or helps with the, the body's ATP process. So yeah. That, that, you know, at a raw level, how we get that feeling of energy. 
um, nice dose of the taurine. Um, we've got acai berry, good antioxidant. Again, you won't really find anything else. Um, and then we've got rhodiola rosa. And you don't, presumably you don't have to be a sportsman to have this. So if you're no. trying to, which will, is a question, we'll kind of go to the end questions and yeah. then we'll come back again, right? You go for it. As an entrepreneur, forget about even being into health and fitness. You want to sit down at your desk, not rely on stimulants, which yeah. we spoke about before. Most of the people who are in corporate environments, even if you don't have your own business, are living off nicotine, uh, caffeine, yeah. and sugar. Yep. So if you remove that, what Oops. what you're going to end up with is a really period of two weeks where you want to kill yourself. <laughs> but then you're going to level out. What you want is, do you know what? I, I've drunk less coffee over the last week and I've started drinking this mushroom blend. Yeah. 80 milligrams of caffeine. I'm delaying putting that in. Yeah. And then not having the midday coffee at all. How are you feeling? I feel a million times better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the biggest impact is at five o'clock, let's say when I stop work or three o'clock, depending on the day, and I go and spend time with my kids or my wife, I'm not this dead zombie yeah, yeah, where yeah. all my energy's gone to work. Yeah. So if we're trying to create like, what's the optimal process now for an entrepreneur, they can use this product oh. to sip on, presumably. So uh, if they're following the guidelines, they can sip on this. Yep. Yeah. What else would you recommend an entrepreneur to do? So they've got good levels of energy, long uh, periods of drive and focus. They can get the most out of their working day. So we've got, to your point, I literally walk around this, and these are becoming more prevalent each and every day. So get a big jug and mix big it up. Big jug, mix it up. Um, but I, there's only two scoops. So it's one scoop, 500 ml. There's two liters in there. Yep. It's like squash. So if you, you're not, all you're doing is diluting the taste after that because yep. fundamentally it's full of enough electrolytes and the right dose of D-ribosaurin, et cetera, for the day. Okay. Now, if I sweat much more on a train, I'll probably do another one. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I will have a few coffees. Um, we've also, well, I've also designed uh, the first, I'm going to use the term clean energy. I'm okay. still playing around with how we put this, but essentially it's a sports energy product. So yep. it's carbohydrate based, Okay. but current carbohydrate drinks are glucose yeah. primarily. Two, yeah. two, two really bad things about glucose. Watch your teeth. Yeah. Spikes your blood. My wife's a dentist, so she hates. <laughs> we had to stop giving the kids Lucozade. Yeah. Because we couldn't work out why one of them's got, had to have a tooth out. Right. One glucose. of their baby teeth, luckily. Yeah. And it's because I was giving them Lucozade for almost three or four times a week for their football for practice. Football. Yeah. yeah. They, and so this is a great point. And this wasn't set up, by the way, if anyone's watching this, didn't even know that the missus No, was I mean, a, we're not, the, we, we're literally not covering anything on my list. So none of this, <laughs> none of it, none of it set up. <laughs> Which I rest. So the very reason I've made these two products, and you were right at the beginning, we've got an extensive MPD line, but R2, this is daily use every day. Yeah. Vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, you know, help with stress, anxiety, depression with these. So you'd recommend a multivitamin, take your fish oil. Oh, massively all that. I think yep. it's very much that. I mean, you get some of these, you've got vitamin C, the B bits in this as well. Okay, so just um, make sure you're not taking too much. Look at the overall panel. And then this yep. clean energy, you'd put that in if you were exercising. Yeah, or if you just, you know, I'd look at it slightly differently as well because there's some benefits with it. So we've got a carbohydrate source that doesn't spike your blood glucose levels like okay. glucose does. Right. Um, it's been used in the Nordics for years with endurance athletes. You just get a really, and you don't get any crash. So there's okay. a lot of science that talks about, and we've all had it when you get the shakes, when your body's yeah. like, to use well, that. And also I was listening um, a few days ago about reducing heart disease and cancer risks. And one of the 
big determinants of that is your insulin sensitivity. Yeah. So if you are using an in-workout drink like Lucasaid, that's glucose-based, like that, that's glucose-based, that's gonna constantly raise your insulin sensitivity, right? Significantly. Yeah, which is going to increase your risk of heart disease and cancer. Well, so, if, you, if you then turn into, so we've just... So will this come through Lifelines or will it be a different No, brand? it's Lifelines. Everything you see will be a, a Lifelines product. And essentially the reason we use the, the, the word, I've, I've trademarked the word Lifeline, is like everything I'm hoping will be a contributor to a, uh, an improved way of life, if you like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your products that are offering genuine innovation, I use that word very... Um, I think it's thrown around too much, I guess. So when we use it, we, I'm trying to, and I hope people can see that this is innovative. So it's not just about a normal electrolyte blend. I've gone and thought very hard about what else we can do. It's because you have your brand and you've clearly set out at the start of this business two years ago, what your mission is, Massively. who your ideal consumer is. And then yeah. therefore you're not just bringing out products because you think you can make money. No. They're brought out to have a benefit to your ideal consumer in line with what your mission, vision, and values are. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to go a step further there. We, our consumer is across so many different other products at the moment that yeah. I'm leading with a brand. I'm hoping the consumer will create a consumer base. Okay. A mix of people. Because if yeah. I go down the old fashioned route of marketing, yeah. you could say predominantly my consumer is a Barocco consumer. It's someone who drinks an electrolyte blend because they're yeah. very different. Um, it's someone that's um, already a little bit further on and uses adaptogen. So when I did the football coaches conference the other week, um, Lee Richards, ex, I think he's a Liverpool yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. He's the psychologist at, at Liverpool Football Club right now. Afterwards, he was, in fact, he was at the back of the room. Loved the way that as a business, we're kind of ahead of the curve looking to use such things as adaptogens in everyday products. Mm. To the point now he wants a conversation about how we become part of his mental health and well-being kind of online program from an educational perspective about daily use products yeah um so our consumer there is across three then you probably go four with sport yeah um, you could go five with some a working professional which can sit outside of them all yeah so we started with a vision and this is my business partner of, of what i wanted the product to service and fix and then gone right we're gonna we're gonna kind of Put, lay out our stall yeah. about what we mean and yeah. let people decide to use the brand rather than chase everyone. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so you've created uh, a vision around what the problems are. Yeah. And people have these problems across different types of person or sports or whatever it might be. You're solving the problem, not necessarily going after one sport, which yeah. traditionally people have done. Yeah. Right? I'd rather make something that's very credible. Yeah. And it's why I'll bet another bit here. The first three months, I couldn't sell it. Business partner was like, what's wrong with you? I was just worried that in my own head, I created a false version of the fact this is really good and it's not. And it was really difficult until I'd seen enough people sample it, taste it, and then. So you wanted to give it away to get feedback. Yeah. You didn't we did. want to charge we, people for it. No, we give just in case you. Yeah, I would urge anyone something. starting a business, if you can't give your product away and get good feedback, don't yeah. try selling it. Yeah. That's 101. Um, I think that people are quite, um, you can cut your nose and spot your face, I think you can make money straight away. It's very You've got rare. to be patient, right? You've got to be patient. Yeah, these trends, like I think the prime businesses from a marketeer, it's fascinating. Well done to those boys at Congo Brands. Yeah. I've been watching them for a long time. They've got a couple of other brands, Alani and things. I just take, again, always admire people that are doing their craft and their trade very well. Yeah. Um, but outside of it, I'm going, right, I want to do the opposite. And we're still, 
hard and fast. I want to deliver a business and product that's extremely credible and authentic, but it's going to, the curve's just, just shallower, right? It's going to take longer. Yeah. But I think once it does. But that is a core business principle to t- and a takeaway is be patient. Again, yeah. coming back to do the hard things. Yeah. Be consistent. Yeah. Don't on give a daily up when you basis. get that feeling that you think it's not working. This is a really interesting one as well, because I've been putting out social media content on a regular basis, probably two or three years now. And only this week, I had someone book into my calendar who ended up becoming a client. And I said, how did you find out about me? And he said, well, I don't really know. But I've been following your content across multiple platforms for about a year now. All of a sudden, there you go. And I've got another person booked in tomorrow on the form. It says, where did you hear about me? It says social media. Yeah. So it can take two to three years just for things. Think. And then all of a sudden, all that work, it just kicks off. Yeah. But you have to like, Going back to what you said, I enjoy making the content because even if people don't become clients of Growth Factor, what I'm saying, I genuinely believe is yeah. useful. Yep. And so it's out there to help people and yep. raise awareness. And if people are ready, which generally in the market is about 3% of your target market are ready to buy at any given time, yep. they will just get in touch, which I guess is what you're doing. Create the Massively. product to solve the problem and then the yeah, the community will start. Okay, look, let's get back on track a little bit. Yeah, sorry. I keep Although, pulling no, it off it's not. Everywhere. I think it's brilliant. I think it's really good because what we've done is we've looked at the story, we've looked at your origins, we've got a real good idea of what makes you tick and why you've been successful. We've skipped through the transition from monster and starting the business and almost getting in trouble. So that's why well, I did thing I want to box got, off. I got found out. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and we've gone on to what Lifelines is and why it is successful. If we go back and we'll just do more of a quick fire, I guess. You started a business because I guess you had the idea and you didn't want to wait, even though you knew there was a risk. That business, just talk to us a little bit about that business. Which one? Um, so you started a business that was food delivery. Yeah, right? Zoom. Uh, and now food delivery, it, it seems like to most people, I guess, who are listening, that food delivery only started a year or two ago. Deliveroo, Uber Eats. Now you've got another one. Get here, sponsor yeah. Tottenham. Yeah. So there's a, there's a theme here. You were making content 10 years ago. People are only starting to make content two or three years. Deliveroo, I mean, it only really became prevalent a couple of years ago. When they floated. You, when did you start your business for food delivery? So there's a story. There's an old friend from school. Got Shropshire Takeaways. Okay. Um, he got... He, sh- he'd started Shropshire Takeaways. Okay, yeah. Um, so, and we ended up on... I'd been PTing him. Uh, we kind of, he was a, a successful consultant at the time. We ended up on his staggers and four of us. The other two were really drunk on the plane and me and him were talking business. And I watched him from afar and there was always a, a degree of um, etiquette, I guess. And that's where I treat all my friends with business. You don't really ask too much about that unless they're going to tell you. Yeah. And I thought he must be deep and in debt with starting a, a delivery business. Um, and he got one car. Shropshire and long story short, by the time he landed in Amsterdam, he wasn't. And I'd watched him sell some donuts. By the time we landed, the phone started going off and I was like, right, I've, I could scale this. Yeah. And that's where it started. I made, shook his hand and this was just over three years I worked on that in secret. I was at Monster for this time. Anyone at Monster now. But that comes from having an open mind to, like we said, the anyone you speak to could bring you an opportunity. Yeah. You have to be like this is the the secret or whatever you call it, the law of attraction. Yeah, manifestation. around in your life, like, okay, I'm running my business, but there might be another business around the corner 
which I'd enjoy even more and would bring me even greater opportunity. Yeah. Let me talk to everyone with an interest. With an open mind, massively. Yeah. And it was, and it, you were exactly right. I was looking at that and channel manager at the time, just the last two, so the year into working on it, I got given the commercial director role and I was on the leadership team at Monster. Like you can't really get any higher. So are you learning and taking all the principles that you're getting from Monster and applying the relevant ones to this food delivery business? Complete, again, yeah. just I've done it with every business I've started since. We've got a consultancy we just started now as well. And it's like, those same principles applied, like yeah. lay his stall out. He was in a market where I could see, and I, I fell in love from being an FMCG with looking at category insight and data. Okay. Like you can tell, I mean, just, you know, you're an accountant, you can yeah. tell a lot from numbers. I, yeah. I see you talk about it a lot. Yeah. Understand your business, make sure you've got a dashboard. Yeah. You know, everyone's watched Dragon's Den. I can see why, having watched that for 15 years, and now you probably, if you have something to go on it, I probably wouldn't unless it's a marketing strategy. Yeah. But to go from, again, on reflection of, seeing how frustrated they got when someone didn't understand the numbers. Yeah. It's because of how important it is as a, as a business owner. If you don't, if you can't sit there daily and just spout off where you roughly are on a macro level with your business, you're not engaged enough, right? No. I don't think you're ever paying it enough attention. Yeah. Um, so we started that and I just saw a huge opportunity. So bearing in mind, again, a bit of a visionary with this, you've got Just Eat, started by an ex-Coca-Cola sales rep what story that was yeah. and I was at Coke at the time with people that knew the guy and then you watched that was all growing through acquisition um, and I think that story never met the bloke but from afar gone wow um, and to be working with the Coca-Cola system at the time as well you'd hear it come up a lot and then the system of our business started or well, the Coke and Monster business was then in you know talking to the Just Eat business so it was on my radar Yeah, and I remember watching the explosion of the Facebook era and people talked about oh god that nothing's going to ever capture such a valuation with no real value or or making any actual money mm. how wrong were they the food industry just did it with with food delivery yeah um so we started it i made a commitment shook his hand 25 percent for three years with no wages and just said listen if we can get it somewhere i think in my head bootstrap 15 grand because he didn't he, he basically sold his car yeah and the money so it's his business his but you've said to him listen i can come in and i can use my marketing and yep. sales skills and what i'm learning from my role and apply it here and i can and make this it. business much more successful than it is yep and we well we took it from shops takeaways renamed and, to zoom yeah um and then if you fast forward three years we've got 330 odd staff of which a big part of that were gig economy drivers We'd set up a model, so we had 60 of our own cars. I was the first person um, to walk into co-op uh, and sold the whole convenience delivery idea. So no one was doing it. I mean, you just mm. got hot food. And I was like, oh, we could do more than that. And then we just didn't have a scale. So we were a rural delivery specialist with a view that I knew what it was like to sit on a leadership team. I knew what it was like to be in a business that floats yeah. enough people to ask and you're influenced by what your shareholder wants, making sure you stay in your lane as a business. Cause if you start to deviate from your model, there's going to be a degree of risk in trying to waste money. Yeah. So I said to him, what we need to do is own the rural delivery model in this country in its entirety has got a lot of rural space. Yeah. Cause essentially when they've stopped spending marketing money, trying to acquire customers in the cities, yeah. Their focus is going to go, where else can we get customers? It's yeah. going to be in the rural space. Yeah. We're going to pop up and be like, well, we've already got a model. So the exit strategy was exactly that. So you're already thinking three, four, five steps ahead yeah. to exit. 
yeah. looking at, okay, well, it might be Justy or it might be someone else, but we can basically do what's not on their, what it's on their roadmap, but we not can do yet. it now yeah. because they'll be coming to it in three years. That's exactly it. I think there's a key thing here that I'm not sure whether this is actually helpful for people listening or viewing or not, if they can't change their own personal circumstance. But it seems to me like when you went into your corporate role at Monster, you approached that in the opposite way that I approached my time at KPMG, which is do the best I can and learn absolutely everything. And also it taught you, because you're at Monster, one of the best companies in the world, to think big oh, and have confidence. No boundaries. Yeah. So when you, most people start businesses, they go in and I feel like they just start too small. Yeah. So many people I speak to in the wellness industry, they've got businesses and I say, what are your goals? And it's like, well, I really love it if I can make five grand a month in two years time. And I'm like, how does that motivate yeah. you? But yeah. they haven't been into a corporate environment and just seen businesses making these big, bold moves. Like ridiculous as well. Yeah, yeah like balance you've sheets applied to zeros your, that... Yeah, and, and so you've applied that to your business and come in with confidence. And just, it's interesting just to see if you have a confident approach where you think about what are the big moves that I make, how much of a difference that makes. Because ultimately, you ran that business, it was sold for an eight-figure sum, right? And so you don't need to go into the details of it if you don't want to. And... At that point, you could have chosen to just stop working. Yeah, so I, we, I had a, a nine-month timeout, um, and it was that point I got really depressed. I had nothing to do. Um, and it's really odd as someone that's, hopefully you've got from from the time anyone's been listening, if you still are, is, is I've done an awful lot from a position of my childhood where I probably would never have expected to. Yeah. I felt very grateful, but just lost. Um, and you weren't working at Monster anymore then? No, I'd le we'd left. Um, I was literally doing nothing. And I've not experienced that. And I kind of think, okay, growth factor's worth X now. I'd like to pass it down on my kids to my kids, but I'd also like to potentially exit. What would that look like? Uh, I do think that I would, after a few weeks of lying on a beach, be looking for something else. Yeah. See, mine was a bit worse. I will not say worst. I'll be very careful my words. I don't have children. Yeah. So, and that's on purpose by default. Don't really find that of interest as yet. Keep myself healthy just in case. But when you got to freeze your your shit, you can I do that. This. Yeah. Uh, have you listened to Tony Robbins' Life Force? No, not I will now. You listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Freeze your sperm. That's um, it. That's all I say. In the midst of what we are, population collapse. No, yeah, I digress. If, you're, if you're healthy and all your biomarkers are good now, two th I've, I mean, I'm only in the first chapter, but freeze your sperm. And if and when you do have a baby, get the stem cells. Right. You're good to go. Well, you will then oh, be yeah. able you can... to fix all number of diseases and problems by using those stem cells to yeah. replicate. Let's say you've got can't kidney you, problems or whatever. Can't you use the you stem can, cells to make yourself younger as well? Uh, you can do all kinds of crazy I'm stuff. I'm sure I've seen that. Someone's it, biohacking. I'm not all the way through the stem cell chapter, but yeah, youth, but one of the biggest things they're doing is regrowing organs as well. Just get the stem cells. Yeah, I wish I'd got the stem cells from the placenta, I believe, or the cord yeah. from Caleb and Jackson. Yeah. But back then they were like, you can do it. It's two grand, uh, but we can't really tell you what to do with it. And so I was like, well, well no. yeah, that's no point. Yeah. But yeah, I'll anyway. pass. Um, so yeah, where was I? I can't remember where I was. Um, you are lost. 
Oh, yes. You're not working at Monster. Not working. You've got lots of money in the bank. I just, yeah, (laughs) it's all gone on this. Um, So we're in a place where I just, I thought about this. This is an itch I wanted to scratch, but having very little purpose um, was really odd. Like I've never really struggled with mental health. Yeah. Especially when you look, I probably, when, when people talk about certain careers, probably that should have been one where it was, but never really struggled until till then. I think it's just when you start to think, Christ, what's it mean? So the good thing about starting four, four businesses now in the portfolio, and I've got a renewed aim. So we achieved all those three goals that I mentioned earlier on the year 11 after leaving the army. And I remember at that time thinking so lot. I partied on my own in the Range Rover on the way home, which I remember just thinking this shouldn't have happened. And I felt so low that night. Um, and there's probably an old adage, the person that enjoys walking will um, always outwork, outwalk the person that likes the destination. Yeah. Um, you know, enjoy the journey, not where you end up. Yeah, and that yeah 100%. And that has never true. been, ref- reflecting on those two times in my life, that's exactly what drives me now. So... And it all goes back into um, not necessarily doing what you love. Because when I was a PT, I fell out of love with training. I don't yeah. think that do your hobby into a business pit works. That I don't like that either. Because then if you keep your hobby separate, you have an escape for when times are stressful. Yeah. And that's yours. I think you yeah. need to own that. Otherwise, it doesn't. it's no longer a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, you, you probably don't want to go to the gym if you're PTing in there. Oh, I hate it. I've got yeah. so skinny. I've, I literally looked ill. Yeah. Like I just got so bored. And like, I've got, it's turned me off that much. I don't really count reps anymore. Because yeah. <laughs> as a PT, you're like, one, two. It's all you do for an hour. Yeah. You basically count yourself for an hour. So I'd never do that. But the things I've now got are all linked to trying to provide. So this is health and wellbeing. Genuinely trying to change the game. So in food delivery, we changed the game. We perfected a rural delivery model with, you know, Domino's. I was lucky enough to hang around with the community that there are the franchisees. The top four are just extraordinary. Um, If you look at what the Domino's business did, it controlled quality of service by having their own drivers. Yeah. So we took a blended, blended approach so we could control the quality of a service in a rural area, which probably more so than an urban area, it relies on everyone knows the neighbour. You know, yeah. you get into the cities, they don't. You know, it's, I think it's a very sad place to be, but the, let that sense of community gets lower and lower and lower. Yeah. So um, that's led with me. It's like, uh, I think people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos that talk about do things that change people's lives or positively impact them. So we've got this that does hopefully offers options for improved health. And you're looking at what the trends are, right? The grow- fastest growing market is health and wellness. Yeah. Health, fitness, and wellness. A problem that people have is optimum hydration yeah. and the diet changing. Therefore, they don't have the mineral balance that yeah. they have. Vitamins and minerals are low. You how how did you come up with the idea for it in the first place? Just because I, I already knew. Just as a lifeline, sat there and toyed. And this is when, as a, when you start in businesses, you realize most written words are gone there's no domain names left everyone's spelling really wound and set and i found lifelines we tried to make um trademark it healthcare business have got it so i respelt it and i wanted lifelines because it's throwing you a lifeline you're inside when you're younger but how did you come up with the concept of it the primary product being a hydration product or it being a company that solves health problems purely in the market because i saw 
again, for my days being in sports and energy drinks, I've been in FMCG for 15 years. Oh, I guess it's a natural progression, isn't it? I, I thought mean, it's a stupid question, really. You're no, a monster no, no. and you can see that. Hopefully you can see all the things trend. that monster doesn't have that yeah. you'd like to provide. Yeah, also that gap, like we eat a frustrating piece for me actually, and I've never thought about this, but if I reflect on what we used to look when you used some of the Nielsen category data, yeah, there's no real definition for what I would call hydration. Like it doesn't exist really. Yeah, yeah. You've got sports, energy in there, LucasAid's a bit of a blurred line of, the, because you've got LucasAid sport and LucasAid normal, they're very different. Yeah. Um, so it was just about going, actually there's a problem to solve in really defining the category, which yeah. is always a good thing. Yeah. But energy drinks didn't exist until Red Bull created it. Yeah, yeah. I remember when it was, it was a crazy thing, you know, and one flavor with one with sugar, one without. And it was the defining point when Monster changed and went, well, we're going to give loads of flavors to someone who enjoys a Coke, but wants the functionality of a, of an, a high level stimulant drink that doesn't want to drink coffee. Yeah. Let's make a cola flavored Monster. Christ, you've just reputed a, and a get their another favorite flavor. Like I love when I go on holiday, Portugal, Spain, somewhere like that, and I can find the, the ginger beer flavored yeah. Monster. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's Christmas. Because it fits a purpose if you like that flavor profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want and you state. associate with it. Yeah. yeah, and you want the functional benefits. Yeah. So I guess when I looked at that, it was hydration didn't exist in a, in a, in a fashion that in my humble opinion, it should do. It still doesn't. I want to use the word functional hydration. We've just agreed a partnership, a distribution deal with a large water manufacturer. So I'm revealing some secrets here, but um, we were currently looking for half a million quid investment because we just signed a deal with a diabetes safety organization. Anytime fitness we're going live with on the app. And is that one of my questions is always, how do you attract clients, convert clients to deliver to clients? The delivery we've talked about because the product is what it is. Yeah, It's created its own category. It's designed with a world-class nutritionist. It's proven peer-reviewed as to why you drink that instead so of hydration. Much about as well. So much literature on hydration. You've got the top people in the game, Peter Atia and Uberman, talking about the importance more of hydration. More and more. Yeah. So the delivery, it's like a triangle. The business needs to attract, convert, and deliver to clients. Delivery, yeah. tick. Conversion is where they buy that. So yeah. you don't have to deal with that. The conversion will be open the fridge, pick the product, they're at the gym or the co-op or wherever. So we're in a bit of a, so there's a different roadmap to that. So that's probably the best question. So I've designed this first in tubs in powder. Okay. So that whole format in tubs has a, a limitation. It's a bit bro science. Yeah. No one wants to walk around with tubs anymore. But what we did, we've been very pragmatic and clever about, not clever, pragmatic and, and um, I think how we should be. So as we prime ourselves now for our first major seed round of investment, hopefully yeah. investors are looking to have done this, how it should be done, tried and tested it. So we're moving into single stick formats. That's a business of its own. Yeah. When I look at the market commercially, the ready to drink space is there. We're not into ready to drinks yet. We will be by the end of the year. Okay, so That's, there'll be different conversion models for the different yeah. um, packaging varieties of the products. Exactly. So the, the conversion of the powder will be directing them to a page yeah. that converts them to click buy so we've now got, and it arrives the next yeah, day. Right? Direct to consumer. Yeah. Ben Francis has just shown the world how that model should be done. And yeah. you know, I even know when I was at we were time at Monster, Coca-Cola were even trying to explore that. I mean the if anyone that understands that and you're around those people, the risk that we're talking about, how you how does that even work? You can really alienate your your business model has been built off hundred percent of the people selling it. So yeah. the model's better because you have more profit. But how quickly can you convert a direct model from an indirect model, which was always quite interesting. So yeah. we started 
direct to consumer. That way we can still protect the margin to a degree when we're delivering a product that's not cheap to make. Um, and then from there, it's about building sensibly. So Amazon, the market on Amazon is very much a sticks and single sachet, single serve market, which yeah, we now yeah. know. Um, you know. We've built between the, me and my business partner, Jake, he sells probably circa 18 million quid's worth of products in the tech space for many brands in, in Amazon. He's been doing it for years. We sell circa nearly three, 400,000 pound of toilet roll on there now. So the Amazon market is just unique and we understand it. So we've, we've just evolved into the right pack format for that. Okay. We talked earlier on about not wanting to be hardcore in sport. I've got a real passion for just getting the most out of your day. So we talk about you know, lifelines. It's your perfect partner for work, rest and play. Okay. I so, like that. Yeah. yeah. Mars. I think I think I was a Mars advert with it years ago. <laughs> Didn't realize it until someone said. So it's about productivity. So we've got, you know, our good friend Steve Orton's going to be able to put together what a workplace campaign talks about. Let's go into a, a young, vibrant office in the city somewhere with a, you know, a quite a young workforce and talk yeah. about something that's probably hopefully going to resonate, which I know and the then brand the sticks is. sticks could be in their canteen for exactly them because it. if you go to the employer yeah. and show your productivity Everyone. reports, yeah. they want their people to be happier, healthier, yep. more productive. Yeah, and not you know, remove the sugar options, still go things that mean something because the brand's still fun and yep. and hopefully we'll tick a box or something to do outside of it. It's certainly healthy, helps with, you know, the the micronutrients for those that are away, you know, the things that yep. look after immune system health rather than just carb, fat, protein, and energy. Yeah. Um, so is that your recommendation? If you're starting a product-based business, you'd go direct to consumer first, you test it and offer it for free as well, wherever you can by going around trade shows, you've got the van, you're visiting people. Then you can look at Amazon, but you need an expert to help you oh, navigate that. Yeah, then you can go to these corporate organizations, which you're doing, which allow you to just take leaps forward. Yeah. Because if you sign KPMG, for example, you've got tens of thousands of workers there all having access to it. And then you need someone in sales. If you don't have that yourself as a business owner, which you do, you need someone who is a confident B2B corporate salesperson with an existing network that can go in and pitch a product. Yeah, massively. And that's where I think, I'd probably take for granted until you listen to the way you say it. That's pretty much the strategy, but I've been lucky enough, I guess, to do. And have you documented that strategy? Have you got like a no. one-page business plan or it's I'm, just like all in your head? I'm yeah. probably really bad at that. I, I'd I, love I, to sit down with you and actually say, I would get our template out for a one-page business plan, ask you questions and just fill it out and then show it to you after. It would be. And you'd probably be like, this is what's in my head. But most people can't do that. That's why with our clients at Grow Factor, we give them this. It's based on EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. If yeah. you've ever read Traction or Rocket no, Fuel, no. I'd recommend both of those. I don't read. Okay, get Audible. Audible, <laughs> Audible, Audible. 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 Rocket Fuel. I can't read Yeah, stuff. listen to Rocket Fuel by yeah. Audible. Uh, it's a bit of an intro into the entrepreneurial operating system, but we you basically document your long-term goals, 10-year, yeah. five-year, three-year, one-year, yeah. and then you break down each 90 days into three major projects you're going to work weird. on. Yeah, all this stuff is just how I work. And you just do it normally. Yeah. And you probably do this as well. Like I work really, really hard for 10 weeks, and then I'll take two weeks off of those projects, just tick over for two weeks. Have to. Reassess you what projects, to. you know, like yours might be going in and establishing five relationships in B2B. That might be one of your projects. Yep. New website might be another project. New formulation might be All another project. All at the same time. Yeah, and you tick them off. And at the end of the year, you can see you've clearly done 12. But I think 
it's not good advice for people to follow what you're doing no, because no. you're able to manage that in your head. But for most people, that would be like an anxiety attack, walking around with all of that in your head. Yeah. You need to it's put it so, down somewhere. It's so strict. Without it, and this is why I know I'm quite unique, I get lost without it. So it plays. Someone says, I need load spinning. Yeah. And it makes me gives me a degree of comfort. But then where does that come from? Because I never was like that when I was a kid. But I just, I guess I get enjoyment from doing things others can't, if in a weird way. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, where do you document your goals then? So say you want to get lifelines to a million pound sales in three years or a 10 million valuation or whatever the that goal exists. is. We've got it on the pitch deck. Anyone wants to see okay. it, just give me a shout. But um, yeah, we've got it. So Okay, so you've written it down somewhere, right? We've, on this, because we're doing our first raise, but I've got my best mate, Jake Hand, um, who's now my business partner. Um, I've got a couple of things we're always working on, but I think I speak. we speak so much in the same vein, you've said, you know, when you meet new people that are on the same thing, that this is all we talk about. Yeah. Um, like literally relentlessly. And that's a big thing as well. Like in Rocketfield, they talk about having a visionary and an integrator. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they start off themselves and it's just them. Yeah. Whereas your businesses, all of them actually have been with a partner. Do you know why? And it's double. double. I don't want to be successful on my own. Yeah. You want to do it together. I have, I'd rather share it with someone. And there's also this other thing, like I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I also know my weaknesses. Like I've yeah. just admitted, like you show me a page full of words and I'll pull my phone out and start choosing Instagram. Yeah. So you need a team around you. You're like Richard Branson is a visionary, comes up with the idea, but dyslexic, can't read yeah, a profit same. and loss account, didn't know what net profit was two or three years ago. Yeah. How relevant I mean, I think it's probably a slight exaggeration, but <laughs> he's also said on a different interview, the first thing he does when he goes into a business is hires a CFO or brings his own CFO in. Yeah. And so someone is taking responsibility for the are. finances. He's it's just not him. So how ironic is it? I'm already doing that and I didn't even know. And I'll tell you where I stole it from, Ben Francis, again, knowing now, and I did it at the top, so he, put, he put a CEO in for eight years. I mean, how, yeah. How you know, when people can have such a view on a brand that's built around people looking in sick shape and they could say very egotistical. It's like, he was so smart, he knew where his strengths were. And, and he brought that person in so early oh, as so well. early. Like, was and they had years, a proven track record of scaling, scaling businesses to hundreds of millions of pounds of valuation. Imagine, imagine that you're an entrepreneur. Imagine the trust and the... the Yeah, come and run my business. I think it's amazing. That, um, but it's something I've tried to take personally when, you know, we have these... I, I see things and I try to pull them. That's one of them. So I've already engaged with... We're actually at the March's Growth Hub um, at RF Cosford six, seven weeks ago. Um, the British Business Bank was... Um, managing it and it was trying to give people within the local community an understanding of how to tap into funding that probably a world you're very versed with I've yeah been i just did a post today on funding actually seen it really how difficult it. it is to get funding and things that you can do to make it easier or be like, ready for it right yeah because a lot of businesses on. think funding is something you get when you're in trouble but actually no <laughs> you <laughs> probably it not. just makes me laugh because like right now for example i've got two teslas i bought them cash yeah yeah so there's 150 grand just sat on the driveway yeah which is fine because i'm not paying out interest yeah, yeah, yeah. and at that time i didn't have anything that i wanted to do with that money yeah, yeah, yeah now i've got a new couple of uh partners that if i tap into and give them some money each month they can take things off me which will speed up the growth yes but I need to pay them for four or five months yeah. before I see the return, return on investment. And there's an inequality in the cash flow. Yeah. Same thing, I'd like to hire a couple of more senior accountants right now, put them through the three to four month training period, yeah. and then give them clients. So there's always this 
big trade-off where you need to get like you now you're looking for 500k yeah because you can see the opportunity you've got a clear business plan you've got a cash flow plan yeah but you need this capital or oh, we've got a race car just needs fuel yeah it is such a and it's in a, you know it's you're well placed to understand the category is there but also i learned in the, with the zoom business you can and you i think you mentioned it on your post we probably bootstrapped for too long um yeah and waited too long yeah Went, well look what we're competing with look at the brands that are coming into the space they're not yeah. doing it on a they're not trying to look all cool because they're bootstrapped for as long as they can yeah Look, we all know it's pay to play on social media. I've got, I've always had a very good gift with all the businesses of creating a really good organic marketing strategy because it's a passion point. It's why I've now got the agency just because it's something I love doing and I find yeah. it very easy. But it's also taking a step back and Jake's good doing this for me. He always check me. Sometimes if I'm not quite thinking that, or if he thinks it needs to do, and he will we'll just have the conversation. I know what he's always doing as well. It's quite subtle as a friend. Yeah. I'm like, I know what he's doing. I'll be like, cheers. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite lucky there. But it needs an injection of cash to speed things up. And yeah, I, think, I mean, even like social and organic, that will work, but it just takes longer. Yeah. So if you just start sponsoring some of your posts, even your organic posts get oh, more reach. Exactly. So everything with money, but what you've done is it is is in the right way. Some people look for money first. They don't have a cash flow plan. They don't have a business plan. Which is fascinating. And they have not, and you'll see this on Dragon's Den all the time, they've not proven the Concept. product works. You've gone out and you've given the product away. Then you've sold out of the first batch and you'll yep. be able to show all... Well, Price point was this, gross margin was this, net margin was this, this is how much we made and we put all that back into the growth of the business. So you now have a proven model? We've, yeah, we have. And we've got even better. So I was paying, I was again, I was up against them and went into the space. I know I've been able to drop our RRP by 10 quid and I've wow. not even scaled a, yet. Yeah, so, incredible. And, and it's really nice. So it was uncomfortable for me at the first time we sold the first tubs at 34.99. Yeah. Didn't really make any money. Yeah. But I was like, right, I've got no choice. I think this is something I'm willing to commit. I'm willing to... This is, and again, this is something I think I take pride in. It's like I own everything. My yeah. decisions, be the, f you know, I've made enough mistakes like probably everyone has, but I'll be the first now to hold my hands up and just go, got to own that. So I risk, we risked appropriately in that first year. And we've not even scaled to this batch that we're just waiting for now in terms of volumes, anywhere near where we will be. And I've already been able to just drop the mark, that RRP by, by 10 quid. And yeah, hopefully looking at the process and the efficiencies. Yeah, and then who we're choosing, the volumes have gone up and there's like people saying, why have you dropped that? Why don't you just drop it by fiver? No, because I want to have a competitively priced product, not cheap because I'm not about yeah. de de devaluing our brand, but I'm aware that the landscape, it's not people watching the pennies. And I also understand, I think it's being com um, honest with yourself where Whilst I love hydration and we've gotten a, we're leaning into it because of the nature of the way we are with being healthy. Yeah. Most people aren't. So it's like, well, what do I need to do to try and, because my long term mission is not about just making money, it's about leaving things that are probably help people. Um, like, hey, so this is what the toilet roll It's the most eco friendly toilet roll. Yeah. The most boring topic you could possibly talk about is loo roll. But again, it's. Yeah. So when, uh, when you turned up, yeah. You brought me two gifts, actually. I asked and requested, although I knew you'd bring it anyway, for the a tub. tub of lifelines. I thought I'd surprise you. Super excited for that because it smells amazing. <laughs> uh, and you brought me nine or 12 toilet rolls nine. as well. And what I didn't know is that, and we might have to do another podcast because we've been going for about <laughs> two know, hours. Yeah. And I could keep, I honestly could keep talking all day long. Super, so interesting. So you've got three businesses now. You've got lifelines, yeah. which is got so much potential. You've got the toilet roll business. Tanky. 
which is doing really well on Amazon, you're saying, yes, now, doing yeah, really, really well. Around. And the key difference there is, which I wasn't even aware of, and I'm sure most people aren't, that normal toilet roll has glue in it. Does, yeah. My which classes. you're sucking down the toilet. You can Google and have a look at the research on that. But if you care at all about the environment and the world, yeah, you just start buying, what's the toilet glue, roll? Tanky, just glueless toilet roll. How do you spell tanky? T-A-N-K-I. Now we're doing a rebrand for that exact okay, reason. Okay, but right now it's called tanky. It is, you yeah. can get it on Amazon. You can. You buy it direct. The website's up. We'll put the links in the description as well. And that's a partnership as well, right? Yeah, that was the first takeover. I call myself one entrepreneur of the year in 2021. Now you're taking over businesses and you are, what do they call that? Taking over distressed businesses. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? There's a person, what's he called? Hormozy, Alex. Big fan. He makes his money by taking over distressed businesses, yeah. applying his principles to the yeah. sales and marketing element of the business, raising the valuation, and then either keeping it yeah. and receiving or, dividends or selling it. Yeah, I love it. Big, so big there are lots of business owners out there that don't listen to podcasts, don't have an Audible subscription, are trying to do everything themselves, don't have online accounting, and are destined for failure. Yeah. And have gone way past the point of being willing to take advice and keep doing it. They've just lost their shit and they don't want to do it anymore. And if you've built up some capital, you can go around and pick up these businesses as an entrepreneur. Once you've got experience, like you've got 15 years plus experience of running a business and being successful, just apply your key principles, turn that business around and then either sell it or keep it. And that's it, yeah. And it's, it's weird, isn't it, when you think it's been 15 years. But it's that like one has a message. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like the apprenticeship, right? Like we said earlier, <laughs> you never look back and pat yourself on the back and that's just the type of person we are. But sometimes other people do it for you and you yeah. should do it sometimes. So that business also has a common thread though, which is it's helping people and helping the environment. Yeah, in a big way. And it's one of the reasons is the catalyst when I anchored it back into being sustainably oriented product solution. People are now seeing it as that and obviously everyone's interest is to stop plastic. I mean, some of the we're going to hold about microplastics on Saturday on the internet. That's just, I turned that off by the time we got to the Thames. There's like microplastic in us. You're like, oh, I've had enough And you of that. presumably found about this business. Well, we spoke about this actually. It's the same thing. We don't need to go into the intricacies of it, but ultimately you had an open mind. You yeah. were listening. Yeah. You heard a conversation. Yeah. You were open to getting involved. And then now you've got a business that you turned around and it's profitable and it's growing. That's the one I wanted to prove myself. I looked at a friend and was, he was, you know, he just put some money in. I thought, it's the only thing I've not done. Turned a business around. Am I really an entrepreneur? Am I really It shows you that you have this set of principles, yeah, which can mad. be applied to any business in any industry and create profit, cash flow, and success. And so the agency, which is your third business, mm. that helps people with marketing and sales. Who's the ideal client so, for that agency? So DG consultants. So my initials, David, Andrew, George, but I've got okay. Pull my, my friend in again, like I always do. He's an e-com specialist. So this is firmly built around business consultancy yeah. for startups and SMEs. In in e-commerce. In e-commerce. See, I didn't know you had this. And we've got lots of e-commerce clients at Grow Factor who need sometimes strategic. So our help. model's really simple, mate. Yeah. We, we we've got again. I'd never wanted to go into this like proving, but we've got between the, the, the me and business partner and my extended business partner. Yeah, we probably sell. Circa f- 18, 19 million quids worth of sales across an awful lot of tech products, toilet roll, um, tip tape, one of them. So Gaz's <laughs> business is tip tape with his missus. He's a quarter of a million on Amazon on tip tape. Wow. Insane. So we understand the, the platform that Amazon is. Um, I yeah, want my, um, my, sorry to no, interrupt you, just a funny story. My neighbor <laughs> had a package. I accidentally opened it because I thought it was Whoops. for us and it was tip tape. Mad. 
So I had to seal that back up. So she knew <laughs> I'd sealed it back up and had to pass it over the fence to her. <laughs> Happy days. It's yeah, widely sorry, used, mate. It's mad. And I think that, though, when you look at the principles of what he did well, he, he understands how to build brands. He understands the, the, the Amazon platform. Like, it's definitely easy to make money on there if you will acknowledge the commitment, the effort, the consistency, all the basics of business. You yeah. honor that, Jeff Bezos has built a platform. Yeah. That if you deliver on those, he can deliver this amazing service that we all enjoy just ordering. It's here within an hour or yeah. I want yeah. my money back. And yeah, Amazon's so incredible. Yeah. It's, for me, it's recognizing the power of the platform and how it's been put together and going, right. And I'm just wanting to help, I guess. So, so you can go into a business that's either struggling or is a startup, give them a game plan yeah. for what they're going to do on marketing, what they're going to do on brand building. Yep. Walk them through how they establish their mission, vision, values, goals, which is make sure they're actually strategically innovated. So there's something different about the product. And then we'll do the due diligence e-commerce platform. And if we think, because that's our commitment. So we're saying there's going to be a nominal fee. If your brand's exceptional, we think there's a a real opportunity. We're going to make a commitment. We say, listen, it's all, we'll take a percentage of profit. Yeah. As long as you've got some budget to do, obviously, advertising, that's all we're going to ask of them. So it's a very different So they model. can work on a paid basis or actually you can start to build up your portfolio by taking an equity stake. Yeah, both. Amazing. So listen. Yeah, we need another sit down, mate. We, it's been unbelievable. <laughs> well, I, I always, uh, we've had more than three keys to success in this, but if you wanted to summarize and repeat the top three, you've got to the point from leaving school thinking, which is not true, that you're not intelligent, definitely not true. And going to the army, learned a lot, worked hard, developed a passion for all these different extreme sports, which is definitely not my strength. (laughs) Come out of there and started right at the bottom of the rung. Mm. And then for people who are making excuses for themselves, such an inspirational story because you've ended up in a senior role at Monster while developing a business that's ended up being really successful and selling for, for eight figures. Then you've got, four businesses that you're running at the moment, managing all of this without, I mean, we meet and we speak and you never seem unhappy or stressed out or those kind of things. So you're obviously, you've got it, which we could do another whole podcast, how you manage your daily routine and stress levels and all of those things. All of that being said, what do you think are your three keys to success? So it could be business success or how you've managed to keep your shit together. Surround yourself with good people. Yep. I've literally, yeah. Nothing's impossible mindset. Yeah. I think we are going to try and say this to friends that got children. You just need time or money and anything's possible. You know, it was all an idea. This chair was yeah. an idea once upon a time. Um, and practice gratitude. Okay. So yeah. I get that from reflection because it's the only thing that keeps you going. Yeah. Because I think it's very easy to just forget where you've come from and you've just talked about it. So I think those three things consistently make you think, and it's all linked to just enjoying the, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah but I think the gratitude is unbelievable actually. And you can really lose your focus as an entrepreneur on either material possessions yeah. or getting, I was obsessed with getting uh, an estate, even putting an offer on a house for nearly two and a half million, this house with, 20 acres it came with two full-time gardeners it had like a mile long driveway <laughs> through two gates i'm so glad we didn't get it now yeah with everything that's happened with the mortgage interest rates and yeah, you know the cost that would have been involved in just keeping that up but yeah. that was just because of this obsession of you just keep, keep moving forward yeah and forgetting to go yeah oh, oh, now yeah. i'm like 
because I've been practicing gratitude, be grateful for what you've got. Yeah, and yeah, don't yeah. keep focusing on, yes, you want to move forward and yes, you want to have and goals, but you also it. want to be present and grateful yeah. for what you've got and recognize that being a better person is a much more powerful goal than having a, a country. It's nice. To, what is it? The Rock says, I think, it's nice to be important. It's important to be nice. No, it's more important to be nice. Yeah, I love that. I think there's so much in that. Um, and understand your own standards and values, which you clearly do, that you can apply to business, but also the way that you live your life. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thanks Mate, for coming down, Thank you. It's been an Thank absolute you. pleasure. Legend. How can people get in touch with you? That's how we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, LinkedIn, really active on there. I think that's probably a platform I'm quite enjoying, especially because the audience, I guess, that's, that's watching, even if it's just for a chat about your business. I love learning about stuff. Um, www.lifelines.com um, website my Instagram um, Dave Hamlet 159 I did have the original Dave Hamlet at one point but it got hacked so I've had to put my race number on the end like a child um, and that's it yeah uh, Twitter you can find me anywhere on the social so look really really enjoyed this awesome thanks guys for another episode of Founder Stories and we'll see you in the next one <laughs>